Hello, hello. Welcome to another installment of Bye Guy Reviews. Um, I know I said that I would get on a regular posting schedule, but then COVID-19 happened and threw the whole world for a loop. So this is just a minor inconvenience in the large scheme of things for me, but my schedule is all out of whack and I'm trying to get it back together, but it's really hard when all you have is endless time at home and I often don't feel the motivation to do anything but watch shows that I've already watched like 700 times before. Um, I hope everyone is able to quarantine. Um, if you are one of the privileged few who can either work from home or take time off work and get paid for it, um, I would hope that you are quarantining because a lot of people who would like to try to keep themselves safe cannot and it's wholly irresponsible to look at time off that we're taking right now as a vacation um, and go outside and do things that you would do on normal break time. This time is anything but normal, so I would hope that everyone is doing their utmost to do their part um, and try to contain this crisis as much as possible. Um, I am praying for the safety of all of the essential workers or folks that are deemed essential workers uh, who are having to go into work and put themselves at risk. Uh, I'm praying for their safety and th uh, I would also just like to take this moment to d express my sincerest gratitude and appreciation for all the healthcare workers that are on the front lines of this pandemic and that are doing everything in their power to give quality healthcare to people even though they are severely lacking in supplies that protect themselves from the virus. I know that is a crisis that is happening all across the world. Um, it's happening in my country, it's happening in the US, it's happening in um, all over Europe, um, all over Southeast Asia. It's happening everywhere where healthcare workers don't have access to basic protective equipment um, that is meant to shield them from pandemics like this. Um, I also want to uh, point out how ridiculous of an argument it is that people um, are wondering why our healthcare workers are so um, negatively affected by this crisis. They're talking about how there's, oh, there's like flu happening all the time, so I don't know why they can't um, handle this many cases of COVID-19. Um, the flu didn't disappear, neither did any of the other thousands upon thousands of diseases that affect people on a day-to-day -day basis. That's why hospitals are already overflowing, because people have crises that are not related to this global pandemic. So on top of an already overflowing um, hospital infrastructure, when you throw in millions of people that could potentially be exposing you and all of your other patients to a deadly virus, that is a clusterfuck and no duh, they are suffering. So it's just so 
inconsiderate, ignorant, short-sighted to be blaming healthcare workers for being overworked and expressing their frustration at the lack of support that they've been receiving. Um, and it's kind of exhausting to try to combat this narrative that um, nurses and uh, lab technicians and anesthesiologists are like flipping out over nothing when like Donald Trump is out there talking about how nurses are apparently hogging supplies and how all these states are requesting supplies that they don't need and there's other leaders across the world that are talking about how this crisis is going to be so easy to contain and we're not even going to need all the preparation that we have it's hard to combat this false narrative when the leaders that are supposed to be guiding us through this um, unprecedented global crisis uh, are treating it as if it's no big deal and that healthcare workers are the ones that um, are making a big deal out of something that isn't. That's ridiculous it's it's false it's um it goes against science and fact and uh again i would just urge everyone to do their part uh make sure that the voices that you're listening to on this subject are experts on this subject um not random political pundits that you are used to hearing but the countless um healthcare workers that and researchers of global pandemics that have been coming out and talking about how absolutely necessary it is for everyone that can stay at home and stay with the same amount of people um, and not expose themselves to outsiders that don't live in their house, how important it is for them to be staying at home. Um, tonight's, so with that out of the way, with COVID, frustration, I didn't even want to get into it, but I just kind of started going off. Um, I wanted to do a light-hearted episode today. So I just wanted to talk about not, like, no politics, no serious, um, like, things that make you want to rip your hair out. Um, I just wanted to talk about a few things that I've been doing to stay engaged um, and just comment on um, different entertainment things, um, topics. Uh, I am very exhausted, exhausted from this news cycle, exhausted from um, having nothing to do. It's like a weird feeling of um, having all the time in the world, but then not having the motivation to do anything at all. Um, I'm trying to um, help as many people as I can in my community get educated. Um, about what is happening right now, but outside of that, I just feel drained all the time. Um, so I just wanted to do a little lighthearted uh, episode. Um, instead of doing structured segments, which is what I want to do uh, mostly moving forward with this podcast, um, today I was just going to talk about just like a a bunch of topics until I run out for the front half of the episode. And then for the back half of the episode, I talked about in my last episode that I wanted to do a review of the Netflix show Elite. And today I'm going to 
actually be doing that. So that'll be the second half of my episode. So there'll just be one split in the middle after this intro. Um, there'll only be two bigger segments and then that'll be the rest of, um, rest of the hour. Um, might be a little under an hour. We'll see how that goes. Um, yeah, so let's go. So as a queer, I know that I am, I got the email that I am supposed to be obsessing over Dua Lipa's new album, um, what is it called? Future, Future Nostalgia. I did not Google that. That came out of my head. It just took me a second. So yes, I received the gay newsletter that we are now standing Dua Lipa and we're supposed to be streaming her music and her new album, Future Nostalgia, is absolutely fantastic. This like amazing work of art that's never been done before. Um, I liked the album. I have not nothing like bad to say about the album. I didn't think that it was like the most revolutionary piece of uh, work ever, but that's fine. Um, I don't have to personally love it as much as my fellow queers do to appreciate uh, a new pop icon. Uh, there are pop icons of years past that I haven't stand, that I haven't been like super, super invested in their work, uh, but I can recognize their, um, what they're bringing to the table and I can recognize that their work is good and it's entertaining and bringing a lot of people a lot of joy. So good job Dua Lipa um, on a solid album. Um, but uh, instead of obsessing over future nostalgia, I have been obsessing over another album that just got released. Um, so I just took like a hard left into, um, well, still pop. It's still pop. Um, into Calm, which is uh, the new album by Five Seconds of Summer that was released, I believe, on the same day. So the album is stylized CALM, C-A-L-M, in all caps. And uh, I did not put this together, and I don't know if anyone else has put this together, but uh, um, why the album is called CALM is because it... Um, those are the first letters of the names of each of the band members. So that's pretty cool that that just happened and it actually goes with the album as well. Um, so the so I, I want to take a few minutes to talk about Calm. Um, this is the first Five Seconds of Summer album that I'm uh, I've been listening to since the day that it dropped. Um, I have heard their previous albums. Um, I haven't enjoyed the albums as like front to back, the whole thing as an album, um, but there are many of their songs that are in my music library because I think that the band is is good. Um, it's it's I think it's music that um, fits a lot of different moods. Um, you can 
kind of leave it on in the background when you're having a conversation, but you can also work out to it, but you can also um, sing along to it in the car. Um, so they've done a little bit of everything in their previous uh, previous body of work in their other um, two albums, I believe they have out uh, before Calm. So I enjoy them as a band. Uh, some of their songs are on my shower singing playlist. Some of their songs are on my dancing playlist. Some of their songs are on my um, sleep playlist. So I am familiar with their work, uh, but this is the first album that I'm hearing since after I became a fan of Five Seconds of Summer. Um, I've always enjoyed the fact that they don't limit themselves as artists in their um, in their discography. You can never um, you can never point to like one thing that Five Seconds of Summer does in every single song. There is no like trademark. I guess like their lead singer's falsetto is there's always going to be like one false run somewhere in there. Um, but even that, there there are songs that doesn't utilize um, his falsetto at all. So there's just nothing musically that links all of their music together, which typically I enjoy um, cohesive messaging from artists and bands, but for some reason, Five Seconds of Summer has been able to um, change my... Uh, predisposition on this they've uh they've I've, I've gotten into their music even though it's not just one thing that they're primarily doing they're doing a lot of different things and i'm gonna i'll get into that with this album specifically um they're always finding some new sound to experiment with some new um like a new bass line to throw in or like a new instrument that you haven't heard them use previously or like a harmony that's like a little different from um, how they usually sing in harmony. So that's, it's, it's, it's good that they keep, uh, keep me guessing for what they're going to do every single song. Um, usually I don't enjoy that, but in for this band, uh, they, uh, for some reason, I've made an exception. Um, so the band members are, there's four of them, there's four of these boys. Um, the first one is the letter C, so that's Callum, who is a bass guitarist. Um, that's his role on, in the band primarily. Um, and he can literally do anything in the world that he wants to meet. Like, he he is a snack and a half. This boy is beautiful. Um, I will have his babies. Um, just Callum, you know, if you're one of the ten people listening to this, just, like, just hit my line. I will fly anywhere for you. I will do anything you want me to do. Just you know, my, my DMs are open. My DMs are open. Um, and you can slide right in. Um, the second, uh, letter is A. So that's Ashton. He is the drummer. Um, I don't know almost anything about drums. Um, my interest in music, uh, lies mostly in vocals and lyrics. Um, and that's like what I know how to talk about. Um, but I will be talking about Ashton's drumming 
um, a little later on. Um, the third letter is L, so that's Luke. He is the lead vocalist. Um, he is... He's very good. Like, he's a very good, agile, um, adaptive, and experimental vocalist. Um, and it is definitely one of the biggest strengths of this band is that they are able to cultivate a sound around his uh, very um, fluid voice. Um, and then the last letter is M, uh, and that is Michael, who is their lead guitarist. So these four boys, um, they are a boy band, I guess, but they're also like a band. Like each of them has a role in a band. When they're performing, there's like the lead vocalist, there's the bass guitar on one side, there's the guitarist on the other, there's a drummer in the like on a stage in the back. Like the, you get the whole picture of a band they all add in vocals but it's not like one direction where all they're doing is all of them are singing and singing together um so they are a boy band but they're not a boy band um a youtuber called steven in stereo um did a track by track review um and it was a very good review because he actually knows uh music and instruments and like track layering and albums um, and how to read albums. So if you want, go check that out. Um, you should. Uh, he talks about a lot of things that um, really spoke to me. He was... Uh, the big point of his review was that he really enjoyed how the first six songs on this album are very experimental. Each one is going into a different genre. Each one is unpredictable. When you're hit with a harmony or a chorus line, you are not expecting it. And it's, uh, it's constantly evolving for throughout the first six songs. And then you get to the halfway point because there's 12 songs. And then the, the latter six are kind of a merge of all six of the previous songs in six different tracks. So those aren't as experimental, but when you're looking at the album as an experience, you're going through six different avenues and then they're all coming together in different ways in six, in, in the next six songs. So that's really, really cool. That's a really cool way of looking at it. When I was listening to it the first go round, um, I, I like listening to albums, uh, in their entirety, but I'm usually picking out like the thing that I'm usually looking for in my first run through is, um, is the album cohesive and which songs are sticking out and speaking to me. And if I can't find cohesion in the album or if I can't find certain songs to stick to, I usually don't like those albums. Um, uh, and the, like listening to Steven and Stereo's review showed me what the cohesion was. Um, and I already said before, they're kind of an exception um, to my predis like what I'm already used to. So I actually enjoy the fact that their work isn't necessarily as cohesive as um, I have come to expect from like my favorite albums. Um, their 
harmonies are so pleasing. Like, it's so pleasing to listen to four different um, vocalists layer their voices in a way that just sounds right and it hits your ear and it's just like just the opening note of the first song Red Desert is in harmony and it's just the four of them they're singing um, and there's like it, you just you just understand that this album is going to be a collaborative effort and they prove that all the way through um Luke's falsetto is working overtime on this album. He is he's doing more than he's done before, which I love to see. I love seeing artists evolve whatever their craft is. Um, and again, vocals is something that I really focus on and just know like hearing Luke live through the years, you can really see that he's pushing and challenging himself. So that's great i think that's great it's 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 a very um it's a sticking point of the album for sure is that his voice is just clear throughout and um yeah um the fa my favorite track on the whole album and i there isn't a single skip i don't think in this album for me at least for my taste there isn't a single skip um, all of the songs are so good. They're good together when you listen to them in a line. They're good alone when they're coming up on shuffle. Um, there's a lot, lot, lot to enjoy. Um, and I, I have added every single song to my library. But my absolute favorite song on this album is called Lover of Mine. Um, and Lover of Mine was um, written by Luke and then his uh, girlfriend, Sierra Deaton. Uh, they wrote like the first half of the song together and then they took it to the studio and the rest of the boys um, helped write the second half. So um, this song, lyrics are huge for me. Like if I'm saying that there are three like main components of a pop song, which is vocals, um, instruments, and then lyrics, for me, it would be lyrics, vocals, and then instruments. I don't understand instrumentation very well. Um, I am a writer, so I understand lyrics very well. Um, and lyrics are super, super, super important to me. That's always like the first thing that'll draw me into a song. And then vocals are what'll like keep me there. And then the instruments will be like the icing on the cake or like the surprise that I'm not thinking of, but that's actually uh, bringing the rest of the factors together. Um, Lover of Mine is lyrically very sound. Uh, when asked on an Instagram live session to sam like do a little tease of his favorite song, Luke sang Lover of Mine. So clearly this song means something to him. And when you hear it, um, it's only him and Callum doing the vocals. Um, and you can really tell that Luke is so invested in the words that he's singing, um, especially because it's a very, um, deep, like a very vulnerable love song, uh, and he wrote it with his girlfriend. So clear, like clearly, this is a song that he was invested in, and it immediately like I understood immediately that that was the case so that song I've already played it like about a hundred times um and it has been added to my best of the best playlist uh so I really 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 like that song 
Um, why I mentioned Sierra is because I know Sierra from the X Factor US season three, where she was just learning how to sing with her then boyfriend, Alex. So they were Alex and Sierra. They won like voting every single week that they were on. They won the show. Um, they went on to release uh, an album of which like some of their songs are on my um, in my library as well. So and then I hadn't heard from Sierra until I got into Five Seconds of Summer and then I was reading how she's Luke's girlfriend. So that's that's cool. Um, I hope, I mean, they seem happy. I hope they're happy. And I just, this, this is a glowing review, basically. I want to give like a five star to this album. Um, it's, it's such a nice length. There's 12 songs. Um, some of them are completely, um, some of them are very good. And then some of them are, um, maybe like two or three songs are, could use a little work, but overall it's just very tight, very, um, you can tell that they are so focused on evolving as a group and at no point does it seem like they're focusing on one member more than the others which definitely happened in one direction when harry styles was kind of like the focal point of that group and then it happened in fifth harmony when that racist girl was the focus of that group um so again th this isn't like your typical boy band because all of them play an equal role all of them are equally as good at what they do as the others are at what they do so there's not a lot of fighting going on and you can really tell that even though they're young and typically you expect drama from the these uh bands like theirs they they don't at least again it seems like they don't have any of that they seem like they actually like working with each other they're all challenging each other and you can tell in how they're playing off of each other in the album um, and then in their live performances that they're really interested in staying a band that evolves so I love that for them I love that narrative I love when artists challenge themselves as I mentioned already um, and I've loved listening to this album it's uh it's going to be a staple of mine moving forward um so again i'm sorry to the gays um i just my focus has just not been on dua lipa's album um maybe moving forward sometime in the future when i'm coming off of this five seconds of summer high i'll get into dua lipa but as of right now i just can't um, the next thing, The Challenge, which is a TV show on MTV, uh, just premiered its 35th season. It's called Total Madness. And if you don't, if you don't watch The Challenge, that's fine. I got sucked into this back in high school when I had no friends and I've just kept up with it ever since. And it was also my first home within Twitter, within the Twitterverse. Once I made my Twitter, uh, they were the ones, the challenge 
Twitter community were the ones that accepted me in with open arms. Um, shout out to all of you that are my mutuals still to this day. I haven't had any drama with any of my mutuals, so that's um, quite unheard of. Um, and I appreciate those people, but if you get into the challenge, I would still recommend avoiding challenge stand Twitter because it gets very nasty, it gets very racist, it gets very um, extremely sexist, um, and it's very draining to be part of that atmosphere. So even if you are into the show and you're wondering if you should like get into the stand Twitter, I would say do so very cautiously. That is not the point of what I'm saying, and this is what happens when I don't like completely structure everything out. But what I did want to talk about for like another two minutes is that uh, I'm spoiled this season. Total madness. I'm spoiled. I know who wins. I don't like the winners, and this viewing experience is going to be a little hard to get through. I'm not going to say any spoilers, but um, it's going to be a little hard to get through for me. But what I wanted to say to challenge Stan Twitter, number one, leave Bailey the fuck alone. Um, Bailey is a gorgeous, beautiful, powerful, um, badass black woman who was on season 20, 20? 20 or 21 of Big Brother. Um, 20. Bailey was on season 20 of Big Brother, and she was on it with these new, um, also, uh, other ca new cast members on the challenge. So there's Bailey, uh, Chris, and then Fessy, and Casey. But I want to specifically talk about why you should leave Bailey the fuck alone. I don't watch Big Brother, but I watch enough Big Brother on the clips and then on everything that gets posted to Twitter that I know that Bailey has a reputation of being like, quote unquote, aggressive or she's too full of herself and she doesn't, um, she's like loud and whatever and I need y'all to cut that shit out because these are negative stereotypes that have affected uh, black women and specifically dark-skinned black women for as long as a time has existed. We push these stereotypes on black women that they are either, um, if they're quiet, that they are subservient and submissive and they're not challenging like all the institutions that oppress them but then if they do challenge the institutions that oppress them then they're not doing it in the right way and that it's too loud and that it's too um, taking up too much space and that bullshit needs to stop. Um, this episode, based on this episode of the premiere of The Challenge Season 35, people have been coming at Bailey. These two dumbass YouTubers have, all these randos on Twitter have, they're talking about how she was entitled and how she was aggressive and how they wouldn't want to be around her because she's so intense based on one clip of her defending her husband who was being considered for going into elimination. What woman would not 
try to keep their husband in a crazy house that they have to live in around as long as possible. Just logically, if you're playing a game of reality, um, like reality TV that deals with strategy and lasting to the end to make some money, you want your husband, your life partner to be around as long as possible. Of course, you are going to make a pitch to every single person that they should keep your husband around. It makes no sense to hate on this girl with no prior exposure because a lot of challenge fans do not watch Big Brother. A lot of these people that are commenting, they have no prior exposure to Bailey and they're saying it in their comments. They're saying they don't know who she is, but they're comfortable enough to hate on her based on these like 30 seconds of her making a pitch for her husband to stay in the game for people to not say her husband's name to go into elimination like it is ridiculous and you all need to just cut it out stop it and number two leave nani the fuck alone so that's my two Two things that I want to talk, uh, that I wanted to get out, like, leave Nani the fuck alone. That girl bothers nobody. She does nothing problematic. She doesn't go after people on Twitter. She doesn't, like, do shady shit on Instagram. She doesn't talk about people in interviews when, when she's not asked about them. She doesn't make people feel unwelcome in the house. She doesn't do anything except exist and have friends and have a cast that loves her. And for some reason, that is enough reason for, like, fans to go for her throat every single time she comes up on a scene. So what if she fucks all the rookies? She could fuck every single rookie guy that comes into the game, and that would still not be reason for you to hate on her. Girl is living her best life. Let her live. I promise, I promise, not what goes on in Nani's vagina has nothing to do with you or your life, has nothing to do with why you are alone every single night, has nothing to do with why you have not reached any of your goals. Nani is not the reason that you are miserable. So stop insulting her every time you get based on who or the number of people that she is sleeping with. It is... I swear your life will not change at all if Nani stops sleeping with people, and I swear that your life is has not changed because Nani is sleeping with people. So just cut it the fuck out. Stop the slut shaming. It does not pertain to you. It is not a legitimate reason to hate on someone and leave Nani the fuck alone. Leave Bailey the fuck alone. Leave Nani the fuck alone. Okay, I'm done. Um, next, next. Uh, Kardashians are fighting again. If you listen to my two podcast episodes that are up, you will think that I am obsessed with the Kardashians because I gave them a whole segment last episode and I'm giving them a whole segment this episode. But I am not a fan of the Kardashians. I do think that they do a lot of things that are relevant in pop culture. Um, kudos to Kris Jenner, who has built this empire and runs it and gives all of her daughters relevancy. Um, shout out to Kanye West for giving them culture. Um, but I'm not a fan of theirs, but I think that they do a lot of things that can be used for societal 
commentary, right? For social commentary and for societal commentary on where we are and where we need to go. So that is why I'm talking about this. But if you don't know, Kourtney Kardashian is the uh, oldest sister among five sisters and one brother. So there's Courtney, and then Kim, and then it might be Chloe, and then Rob, or Rob, and then Chloe. Rob is their one brother, and there's four of them. I don't know if Chloe comes before Rob or Rob comes before Chloe, but one of those things. So it's like Courtney, Kim, and then Chloe and Rob. Um, those are four from Chris Jenner's marriage to Caitlyn Jenner, and then they're no, those are from Kris Jenner with her first husband, who was Robert Kardashian, and then she has the other two daughters, uh, Kendall Jenner and Kylie Jenner, which is with Caitlyn Jenner. So there's six of them. There's five sisters and then one brother. Courtney's the oldest one. Courtney is a queen. She is... Um, she has been meaning to leave the show for a really long time. Um, she, when they were starting off with their show, she was a really big part of it because she was the oldest one. She kind of managed all of their uh, actual business. So they like ran, ran a store called Dash and then they had the line with, um, with Coles or Sears or something. Courtney was very big in that time and then as time progressed and she grew older faster than the rest of them she had a kid she had mason and then like the next uh child in the family was many years later which was like kim's first child um north northwest with kanye so courtney just grew up while the other girls were still like figuring out their um their brands and their lives lives and whatever um, and she has been meaning to leave the show for a while. If you watch through the seasons, you can see her kind of distance herself from the rest of the family. It's very clear that she doesn't derive as much pleasure from uh, all the attention that they get as her sisters do. And she just is not as bothered by um, not being like successful in what what she does as long as she has her peace um and she's still a hard worker it's not like she doesn't work it's that she doesn't enjoy the cameras as much as they do and then when they want her to enjoy the cameras that's when it becomes a problem and it becomes draining on her so courtney's got a therapist recently and her therapist has taught her a lot about prioritizing and she's realized that she what she deems as priorities in her life just don't align with her sisters she wants to be a mother she wants to stay at home more she wants to like exercise and do yoga and drink wine and go to bed early like she wants a normal life and her sister's lives are anything but right so this came to a head once last season when Kim told Courtney that she was the least interesting to look at um, and it would be okay if she wasn't in a photo shoot because nobody wants to look at her um, and that she doesn't know how to run a business and if she knew how to run a business then they would understand why the photo shoot has to be on Kim's terms as opposed to Courtney's terms. Because Kim's argument was that since she's running a business and since Courtney doesn't know how to run a business, 
they shouldn't cater to Courtney's needs, which is that she wants to be done with a photo shoot at a certain amount of time so that she can go back home to her kid. Um, they have to cater to Kim's because her business meetings are more important and Courtney would understand that if she knew how to run a business. Let's roll back the tapes. Eight years ago, when you were starting out, Kim knew nothing about business. Courtney was the one that was in all the meetings. There's footage. Their whole life, there's footage. Courtney was the one that was making all the decisions. She was looking at the locations where to open their next branch. She was in um, meetings with like realtors. She was in meetings with their brand ambassadors. Kim was showing up late. Courtney was, uh, Chloe was never there. And Courtney was the one holding the business down. She was always the person that worked the hardest. And then her sisters were kind of more like the face of the brand. So that is just false that Courtney doesn't know how to run a business. So that's out of the way. Then this latest tea, why I gave all this backstory is because their, their season just premiered. Um, some, I don't know what season they're on, like 18, 19, something like that. They're on some season and it just premiered and the first episode came out. In the first episode, um, Kim and Courtney got into like the first full on brawl between the sisters. And God, was it good TV because Kim, um, was again insinuating that Courtney did not care about the family because she didn't want to shoot anymore and like a lot of words were said leading up to the fight again I didn't I not again I haven't said this before but I haven't seen this episode I've only seen the clips of this fight what I can gather from this fight is that it started as a fight between Kim and Kendall but then it turned into a fight between Kim and Courtney and then um, it just escalated and they said, they both said things that got the other really heated. And then we got the shoving that Courtney started. Um, Courtney started shoving Kim. She was telling Kim how disrespectful she always is and how her attitude is so negative towards Courtney. And then Kim and Chloe were trying to tell Courtney that her attitude is always negative. Um, and then Courtney started telling Kim that she would fuck her up and she started shopping her. So I will give that to Kim and uh, Chloe that Courtney started the fight. But Kim threw the first punch. She straight up went for Courtney's face. She threw a punch. Courtney threw it right back. And then... Um, Courtney walked away. She left. She removed herself from the situation. She went into one of their, like, five million hallways. And Kim, after she fixed her little bob, she ran and charged after Courtney in the hallway. Courtney was leaving, and Kim ran after her and tried to, like, smack her again. So, of course, Courtney will defend herself, and she started hitting back. And this is where the fight really got nasty and where Courtney just went the fuck off. She said, not today. Today you have tested me enough. I am going to slap the blackface off of you. And she really took all of that force of every like girl that Kim has tried to destroy. She put it in her little hand like her little five foot two hand and she 
like used your hand like Thor's hammer and smacked Kim into their like creepy white wall and her makeup just like left a huge imprint on the um on the wall on the white wall you could see that Courtney Courtney slapped the black face literally off of Kim's face onto the wall so that was a win for people of color everywhere um and I heavily enjoyed watching that happen because Kim's entire brand is stealing from black people. Her whole brand is stealing from black women, never giving them credit, never um, taking accountability for all of the fetishization, all of the um, all of the cultural appropriation, all of the surgeries made to uh, represent herself as a black woman even though she does nothing to help black women that are um, suffering from the privileges that she herself holds. So Courtney just kind of um, gave us a win, gave us a win that has been so frustrated with how Kim has existed uh, in this world. Um, and I'm not saying that Courtney herself has never done blackface before, but out of all five of the sisters, she has been the most limited, the most apologetic, and the most um, reflective and corrected her course. She no longer makes blackface a part of her daily getup like all the other four sisters do. Kendall um, is kind of limited too. She only brings it out in like the high fashion photo shoots. Um, but uh, Kim, Chloe, and Kylie live in perpetual blackface. So while Courtney's intention wasn't to fight for um, racial justice in this, uh, I was just satisfied seeing Kim put in her place for um, all the hurt and suffering that she causes on the daily that she takes no accountability for. Um, lastly, I have some words for clowny Kardashian. Um, Chloe is just the worst of the sisters. She is the most desperate for love and attention. She is the most um, frustratingly stuck in her ways, will not apologize, will not change, will not uh, reflect. She is just the, the worst of the worst. She needs to mind her own goddamn business because she, um, first of all, her whole existence is always depending on um, attaching herself to someone else for relevance. She's been done that with, uh, with Jordan, um, Jordan Woods. She, uh, she did that whole uh, scandal that happened and she um, like she just bullied the shit out of Jordan Woods for no reason and now she's um, latching on which is like her favorite thing to do she's latching on to Kim for relevance um, she went to Courtney to scold her for um, for the fight when Kim was the one that charged after her in the hallway when Courtney was removing herself. So why is Courtney, why is Chloe going to lecture Courtney when she could go to the sister that she prefers and talk her down and leave Courtney with Kendall? No, she had to come tell Courtney that she was in the wrong. And it's because Courtney is no longer giving Chloe any relevance. When Courtney was a part of their 
uh, family brand. Chloe got to go to Miami and do that spinoff show, Courtney and Chloe Take Miami. But when Courtney is trying to remove herself from the cameras, she realizes that Kim is the one that is going to give her some relevance because Kylie couldn't be bothered. Kylie doesn't even appear on the show anymore. She's um, off on her own empire, um, and she was in, like, two episodes of the last season, so clearly Chloe can't attach herself to Kylie, so she has to latch on to Kim, and that's why she's, like, sucking Kim's ass um, and scolding Courtney. It makes no sense. She needs to get a life, um, and she needs to leave Courtney the fuck alone. Um, another Kardashian-related news is, uh, Jeffree Star, um, and Mason. So Mason is Courtney, uh, Courtney Kardashian's son, and he is now 11, 10 or 11 years old, and he's, he's 10 years old, and he, um, went on TikTok Live and dragged the shit out of Jeffree Star, and he said that Jeffree Star is, Jeffree Star is spoiled AF. Those were his words. If you don't know, Jeffree Star is a beauty guru on YouTube who has repeatedly said the N-word to his friends in DMs, to his fans in directs, um, in person. There's videos of it. And he called um, Jackie Ina, who is like the biggest uh, dark-skinned black beauty influencer, um, he's called her a gorilla. So this racist ass man um, is, yes, spoiled AF. So Mason, go off, honey. But I just want to remind everyone, Mason is 10 years old. So Jeffree Star tweeted out to one of his fans that he had $500 in his bank account six years ago and that Mason is confused with his own privilege because Jeffree's is self-made. You are a whole ass old man responding to a 10-year-old. He is 10. Who cares what he said about you? You're going to feud with a 10-year-old? This is how bored you are? You have lost the plot. Jeffree Star, you have lost the plot. You need to just go on like a three-month retreat where you don't come in front of cameras, where you don't come into contact with Twitter, you need to, I don't know, sir, you need to, you need to get on out of here. Stop feuding with children. Stop it. Last thing um, is that last episode, I talked about how some celebs are absolutely going insane uh, because their narcissism has no avenues. And this time, I want to shout out some good celebrities, some celebrities that are doing some things that are bringing some good into the world. So first of all, um, Taylor Swift, Ariana Grande, and Lil Nas X have all been DMing their fans, asking how they can give money to them, like what expenses they have that are piling up, um, that they, they're having issues paying, and then actually following through and sending them um, whatever amount that they're saying. So that's great. Um, Angelina Jolie has donated a million dollars to what is called... Uh, an organization called No Kid Hungry. They provide meals to children from low-income households during school closure, and because of the COVID-19 situation, obviously schools are closed, so um, No Kid Hungry has to provide a lot more meals than they're used to, um, so that's 
awesome for her. Um, my personal goddess that I worship, Rihanna, um, has been... Um, her foundation, the Clara Lionel Foundation, gave $5 million to organizations on the ground that are fighting crisis, um, such as Direct Relief, Feeding America, the World Health Organization, um, etc. So $5 million, and she hasn't done like a presser on this, there were no tweets about it. She just kind of did this from the foundation, so we know about it, but it wasn't Rihanna telling us, oh, hey, this is what I'm doing. Um, and lastly, again, Rihanna um, got a shout out from Cuomo uh, for donating personal protective equipment, uh, which is what doctors and healthcare workers on uh, coming into contact with patients need to guard themselves from uh, COVID-19. Um, she's donated uh, an in uh, undisclosed amount to the city of New York. So Rihanna stays queen. Um, and all of these celebs that are doing some good with their time that they have now, um, I appreciate them so much um, and specifically so much more than the celebs that are on Instagram Live um, showing, walking us around their acres and acres of land that they own that they're quarantining in. I couldn't care less. Uh, open your purse. So... That is it. I talked a lot longer than I thought I was going to. Um, a bad habit of mine is that I can't get into a story without the backstory. I have to lay all of the groundwork before I can start commenting on something. Um, so might be something I need to work on in the future because I can't just be blabbering for... 45 minutes. Ooh, okay. Um, so All right, so that was the episode. That was episode three of By Guy Reviews. Um, I encountered some editing related issues. Uh, still figuring this out as I go. I know that there were some tangents in there and some things that I could have just not said and it would have probably made the listening experience better and more cohesive. So I'll figure that out as it goes on. Um, as always, as I would like to establish as a tradition, I want to end every episode on a compliment to myself, and then I want, if you are one of my listeners, I want you to also end the episode with a compliment to yourself. Um, Self-love is very, very important. Um, I am happy with myself that I am learning the very basics of baking with my mother. So during quarantine, we've been baking a lot. Um, we've baked four cakes, and today we made banana bread. Um, I love spending time with my mom. Uh, not one to really spend a lot of time in the kitchen, but <clears throat> baking with mom has been fun, and I'm learning how to bake. So um, that's my compliment to myself, that I'm picking up a skill, and it's great and I should stick with it. Um, yes, so that was the episode. I really, really do hope you enjoyed, uh, and maybe next time we'll do a few more 
serious topics that I'll dive more in depth into and it won't just be drama. Um, but drama's fun. So good night and I will see you all soon. Thank you.